Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to The Wibs, the podcast for women in business. We're here with practical, real advice to help you get ahead at work without the BS. We'll be the work lives you've always wanted. Let's go. Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And welcome to The Wibs. Today, we have a very special guest for you, which we cannot wait. We have been back and forth. And it's just been... It's a journey. It's, it's been, been a journey. journey. But we are so <laughs> excited to finally have you on board. Um, we're so excited to finally be able to bring to you guys some exceptional guests because it's just, it's really, really special. And it's we've heard that you guys want them. We've heard that that's what you guys are after. And we have gone and found them. And I cannot wait for you to hear this story. Yes. It is incredible. We're very excited to introduce our next guest for today, Jade Cook from the Brow Bible Academy. So basically, if you looked up energy, focus, unwavering drive in the dictionary, you would see a photo of Jade right there. She is all about honing her beauty skills. She started in cruise ships. She worked through to launch her very first venture in Australia. And then her passion and success was so immense that even cancer could not bring her vision to a halt. Now she continues to build out her global empire as a beauty and business mentor. She's in Dubai. She's with us today. And we're so excited to hear all about you, your journey and the Brow Bible Academy. Welcome, Jade. Welcome, Jade. Thank you so much. Honestly, I'm so excited to be here. Last time we spoke quickly on the phone, I was like, okay, let's do this. I know it's been a <laughs> few months in the making to make sure our dates align but I'm so happy to be here so thank you yeah we had a we had what I guess was meant to be a quick call just to get to know you but yeah. both Penny and I were just like and then what and yeah. then what did you do and then how did you we do this let her get off the phone we were pretty we, obsessed with you it was incredible it was it was really really lovely oh, and thank you just to start off just to start off if you wouldn't mind getting into who you are what you've done and a little bit about your journey yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jade. Um, I am the founder of Brow Bible Academy. Um, I'm originally from uh, the UK, but I moved to Australia, it'll be like 10 years, 11 years ago now. And, um, and that's where I kind of started to establish my um, entrepreneurial career, if you like to say. Um, but previous to that, there's like a little bit more of a story before I kind of kick off the entrepreneurial. So um, I currently do have um, Brow Bubble Academy that I'm running now. I have my own cosmetic line. I have online um, education in the beauty industry. And I also, um, at the beginning of the year, launched my mentorship program, which has been a massive pull that I've been wanting to kind of follow and do for a long time. Um, and I'm so, so happy that I finally followed that and currently in the process of like, yeah, walking other business owners and empowering, inspiring them and helping them through their business journey too. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Incredible. I want to hear definitely more about that. It sounds like a very yeah. similar journey to something that I've kind of jumped into as well. And I can, mm. I can't wait to kind of hear your, how you're finding it. Cause it's a very, you mm. know, it's very different to go from selling a product and then now a service Absolutely. and then a service like you sold a service for the academy and then now a service with it's your time instead of the product which is Absolutely. quite interesting yeah. so um, can yeah. you I mean we're talking about the academy can you tell us how it all started because I know like that is mm. such a jump in terms of what you're doing now from where you began mm. yeah yeah no definitely so I've always been in the beauty industry as you mentioned before where like my career kind of started was working on the cruise ships in um, the spas I'm on international cruise lines. And from there then it's kind of took me over to Australia, which is where I really wanted to be able to base myself from. Um, I have massive inspiration from my grandparents from when I was like a little girl, seeing them travel around the world. And that was just kind of something I really wanted to be able to achieve myself. And I felt like, okay, how can I have a career where I can travel? Um, and then once I kind of did that with the cruise ships, that's when I 
then moved over to Australia and I ended up working for a lady that specialized in the brow industry. And when I started working for her, I was like, wow, this was going back now like 10, 11 years. So back then to have someone specialized just in eyebrows and not be doing all the beauty treatments, I was like, this lady's crazy. Like, well, how can you make a business <laughs> of just eyebrows? That is so yeah. ridiculous when you think about it yeah, now absolutely. with how, how much. Definitely. Yeah, because to be huge. so like specialized in something, I feel like not many mm. people, you're right, not many people were doing it back then. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, when I came across her, I was like, hmm, this is intriguing. And um, and as I started to work with her, I was like, wow, this like industry could actually blow up and, and go somewhere. And uh, and so I was very grateful. She was actually someone that sponsored me and that's how I was able to stay in Australia. And, um, and after I finished my sponsorship with her, that's when I started to kind of get into my entrepreneurial journey and create my own business and kind of built it from the ground up. And, um, and I went from... Um, owning salons and then transitioned into the online space and a big part of why I decided to do that was just to give myself more time more freedom to be able to kind of spend with my I have my two-year-old son now and uh, my husband and be able to travel around a little bit more so um, that's how I kind of evolved into that space but then like that's not where like the journey ends because then it's just kind of continued to evolve in regards to like creating my product line to complement the education that I was helping beauty um, beauty business owners and then going into now the mentoring because I found that that was there was a massive gap in the market there where there wasn't enough support around business women in our industry mm. to help facilitate um, you know all the hurdles and everything there is with business so, and I went through a lot of painful experiences in business where I've like had a lot of losses financially or just emotionally and I would just want to be able to help other business women or men in business that are in our industry and um, to be able to help like get them through those road bumps without it costing so much of their time and their money as yeah, well. Yeah, so absolutely. And it, why, it can be so yeah. challenging with that sort of stuff. Can you tell us a little bit more about like one of those times that you like, this is a big learning exercise that I'm going through that I'd love to be able to just pass mm. on this wisdom to somebody else. So one of the biggest challenges I feel like I went through, um, through my business journey when I owned salons was um, management of staff. Um, no one gives you a rule book on how <laughs> that is done. <laughs> It's ridiculous. No one does. I wish they would. No. And so um, initially when I began to hire staff, I wanted to be able to bring on staff into my business that really felt appreciated, really felt like that they were looked after. And so that was my biggest goal is I wanted to make sure that that's how they felt. Now, not realizing that people view the world from different perspectives. And so it doesn't matter how nice of a person you can be how you know lovely you are how generous you are people can still see it from a different way so um i had a lot of staff i'd built up like a team of 14 across my two salons that i had um and then it was kind of like a ripple effect from like one bad egg started and it just started to kind of poison the rest and i remember one person saying to me um a business mentor she was like you need to just get rid of all of them start fresh and i'm like excuse me i'm like do you know how much time goes into every single person that i hire and she's like They've been poisoned, you know, they've got a bad taste in their mouth now, and it's just going to keep getting um, worse. And I just was like, you're being ridiculous, like, no. And that's exactly what happened. It was like, as soon as like one person just started kind of being like, oh, Jade doesn't do this, or Jade doesn't do that. You know, they start putting planting seeds in people's heads. And and so then it kind of like a ripple effects from there. So it was a very, it was a big eye opener to realize like for about three years, I felt like it was beautiful, smooth sailing. It was great. But as my business started to grow and I started to make, like I ended up getting into a bigger salon, renovated, everything looked 
beautiful, nice and shiny and, and incredible. And then it was kind of like entitlement started to kick in. Like, oh, yeah. where, why are we not receiving Where's the money, the money going? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. That's the, like, not oh. knowing that it's like a loan and all of this no. and all the ins and outs of the details, but they don't know, they don't understand that. So, That's the hardest yeah, thing I think about a service business, service-based business is mm. when you're, when you're looking at, and it's, a, it's something that you know I'm experiencing now when you're, you're working with employees that you're charging them out and naturally you pay them a wage and you've got to charge out something that's, you know, anything from two to three to four X what they're hourly wages because that's what you need to do to be able to cover all of your costs you need to be able to cover all of your overheads the insurances that you pay the super like all these things that are involved in hiring somebody there's a lot that you need to do now I can understand it from both point of views because I've been in their spot before where it's like oh what about me but you need to have yep. that holistic look into it and realize that as a business owner, there is and the, the, the things that we're not even talking about is the risk. Like exactly. you're the one who's yep. putting the money up. Like if you that's win, cool. you win big. If you don't, you lose big. And that's your mortgage. That's yep. your that's your kids. You know, future. That's your. You know, there's a lot that's involved in being a business owner that 100%. it isn't just pay in, pay out. Oh, Jade's made a lot of money this month. Let's go. There's a bit more to it yeah. than than that. So it's Absolutely. really it's actually quite refreshing you saying that because I think it's a lot. It's mm. something that I think a lot of business owners struggle with is, mm. you know, you want to give your staff so much because you want to be generous, but at the same time, yeah. you know, you're in a business to make money as well. So it's got to be a yeah. give and pull. Absolutely. And I think that when you start giving to so much, you set the expectation, the standard high. And so when you can't give any more, which that's kind of what happened to me yep. is I kind of like capped my limit of like, I can't give any more than what I'm already doing. It was like, but they still want more yep. and they get used to then this standard and then they expect more standard. And it's like hard to kind of come back from that. So I would say, honestly, to summarize all of this and my biggest lesson, what I took from it was that staff have an expiry date on them. And I think if wow, you mentally okay. go into it, knowing that staff have an expiry date, you can then, when you hire someone, you can then say to them, like, say if you summarize and like, my staff would normally stay around about two or three years. Yeah. So if you just say, let's ballpark at two years. Okay. What do I want from this relationship for two years? What would I like to see from them? Mm. And what would they like to see from me? Yeah. And I think if you set the standards from the very beginning of what they expect um, from me as an employer and what I expect from them as an employee, then I feel like it's very clear on the table. Everyone knows we have targets mm. to meet, goals to be set, and there's a clear vision of a path and what to work towards over the next three, six months, a year, whatever that looks. Yeah. And I think that if I'd done that from the very beginning, isn't hindsight great? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd done that from the very beginning, I definitely feel like I would have had a different outcome. Yeah. <laughs> and question, did you end up having to fire them all? Like what happened? Oh, by the way, it's hard to fire people these days. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, that, 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 I'm not going to lie. That was exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking, is there like some hack? Yeah. <laughs> like, how did you, do how would you just not, like, We're not advocating for it, but I get it. You know, it's, you they say yeah. hire slow, fire fast. And I'm like, yeah, but how? Yeah. <laughs> no, you actually have to fire slow as well if yeah. you want to do it the right way. Exactly yeah. right. So, exactly. Yeah, so I ended up hiring a HR because I Fair. literally just broke down an absolute mess because I yeah. felt like my business was just falling apart in front of me. And I'm yeah. like, I've built this up. This is my baby from the ground up. Again, I think of business very differently now as well. I don't yeah. get my emotions so involved as what I used to. And that's, an, again, another lesson. Um, and again, a hard one to learn and how to be able to do that. But that's another thing. Um, and so when I kind of got to that point, I was like, I need help. And yeah. um, thankfully, I just was kind of reaching out to everyone I could and finally were um, recommended to this amazing guy. His name's Jordan, who's in HR. He has his own company. And he was there on my back, back and call, like, 
on a weekend, on Sunday, Saturday evening, it doesn't matter what it was. He was there for me through and through and just coached me through like how to um, go through the process. So if there was a situation, he basically always said, you have to manage it and act as if it's like um, you're in a court case and you have to bring evidence to the table and you yeah. have to like go through these steps. And so you need to sit down, you need to have meetings with them, you need to record everything, you need to make notes. Of, like there was just all these things. And so um, eventually like some of the girls, they chose on their own accord to leave. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, good. Yeah. It's good that they've left. But even when they do that, you have to be careful on the way that is done because they can then still kind of go to fair work for, you know, yeah, all these course. different things. Yeah. Um, yeah so, and, you, and, I guess it would have been really difficult for you as well to go from being a small business owner at the beginning where, you know, you were owning and you naturally have a really close relationship with your staff at that point because they're, they're your, you know, they're, they're, they're the guys on the, on the thing they're, they're very close to you. And then to have to shift into the, you know, the really HR, you know, all right, now we've, yeah. now I've got to record conversations and that would have been a really yeah. difficult shift for you. How did you find that? It was very tough. Yeah. I think that was the most um, toughest part about it was I generally, Generally, like a lot of these girls that I'd hired, I generally thought that they were my friends. Yeah. Right. And I, again, I've heard that as well. Like you can't cross the line. It's like you have to have that clear line in the sand that I'm your boss. And then, you know, I'm friendly, but I'm not your friend. Mm. And um, and I didn't have that. I, I crossed the mark and I hung out with them after work. I went out drinking with them. I like invited them around my house. I like we hung out after like went to the beach, whatever it was. And so I generally thought that they would all always have my back. And when it just slowly started to kind of like turn on me, that was emotionally the probably the toughest thing yeah. um, that I had to go through with that. And so I think that I'm still grateful for all these experiences that I've gone through because now, especially with me mentoring other businesses, I can kind of give them the heads up to be like, hey, this can be such a painful process, but as long as you have the right systems and strategies and contracts and things in place, you won't need to go through that. But it's not just about that either. It's also your mindset like that you really need to have in check too. Because to go into business and to start hiring staff, you really need to wear your business hat when it comes into that. Like I said before, friendly, but not their friend. And however hard that may seem, it honestly will be the best thing for anyone like later on down the track or even like doing it from yeah. the very beginning. So Absolutely. Yeah. I, find I think I was going to say that I actually have always really struggled with the idea of having a separate, I guess a separate boundary between employee and employer, like having that um, or even like a manager and employee kind of relationship. So I would love to kind of know if you have any, I guess, tips or ideas on how you manage to put those boundaries in place without feeling like you're losing that part of yourself, that part that is naturally friendly and genuine with those people. Yeah, no, I definitely think that was something I struggled with for a long time to try and get that balance because when I first initially were hiring staff and like kind of treated them the way that I did, I was like, that's just my authentic self. That's just who I'm being. And like, how could I change who I am? Like I have to change who I am to try and manage staff. And so I think kind of what I've learned from it is understanding what I went through and how painful it was. I think now it's more like a protection barrier that I've created for myself. Okay. So unfortunately, it's sometimes like you have to go through it for you to, it's a bit like when you're a child, right? Don't touch the fire, it's hot, but then you have yeah. to touch it to find out it's hot. So I think that it's hard sometimes to say like, don't do this, but then people go, oh, I'll figure it out for myself. And then they realize and they experience and then they get burnt by stuff. And then they're like, oh, maybe I need to try and reset, yeah. reframe mm -hmm. Out we've definitely it. been so, there before yeah, yeah yeah and so I think that now it's kind of like 
I, going back to what I mentioned before about when, if I was ever to hire again in any other area, it would be more about setting clear boundaries from the very, very beginning of still being friendly and still being yourself, but not getting caught up emotionally where you're feeling like you're doing, you know, going out, hanging out with them after work, doing all of those things. It's more about, these are our goals. This is what we want to achieve. Um, you know, you'll be the nice, authentic self that you are, but it's just setting those boundaries, I think, from the very beginning that I think would really help. Yeah, and I think that's fair, especially for someone, you know, there's obviously unique cases whereby, you know, you can create those friendships, but I completely understand as a, as a generalized rule, it's almost about protecting yourself and, and controlling what you can control. And that's really all you can control is how you, how you are in that situation. And if you're a new business owner and you, you don't have those pre-existing relationships with people, it can be you know, quite disarming when you are out and you've had a few drinks and you're, you know, you're being that silly person and then you go back into work and they, you don't know whether they respect you anymore. And that, that can be a really difficult thing to juggle. So I completely understand with what you're saying. I think when you don't have that foundation built up, especially with newbies and new hires, you really need to set those boundaries really um, down pat. So was that in, when you're, when you're bringing up that example, that's the Brow Academy, um, Academy, sorry, that you started up. And do you want to just go into a bit of detail? You know, you went from, you know, working in it to starting your own business to then starting a academy around it. So starting it into a, something that is like courses and learning and education versus um, the actual salons yes, that you created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. a huge shift, a very smart shift, but a huge shift. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, I think it was one time I went to um, a business conference and I remember the guy said, um, if you can make money when you sleep, you've made it. And I'm like, oh, I need to know how to do that. How do I make money when I sleep? So that's where I started kind of digging in, doing more business courses and things like that and kind of seeing what it what I could do. And I really started looking into then digital products and something online, having physical products. And, um, and so as I started to kind of see how I could implement that through my industry, um, I, I was, I, I always received a lot of requests of, can you train me? Like, I love how you train your staff. And, and I was always saying, no, it's in-house and in, it's in-house. And then one day I was like, why just keep it in-house? Like, why can't I just help others and help others in the industry? And not just in person, but then put it online. And that's when then I can make money while I sleep because then while I'm sleeping, people can still be purchasing my courses. Um, and so, yeah, I just started to make that shift. And I think that as I was growing my salons, I realized the amount of um, stress that it was kind of putting on me. There were so many hats that I had to wear, so much pressure that was on my shoulders. And I just started to kind of lose and focus of like my own happiness. I was so focused on trying to make my clients happy, my staff happy, everyone else happy, but I forgot about my own happiness. And so then I really needed to kind of reset. So the whole like issues that started, I needed to fall apart to kind of bring myself back together again. And, um, and so, you know, falling apart isn't so bad, but it's like, it, you know, it's nice to be able to just collectively pull yourself together and go, okay, what do I really want from this? Why am I even doing this? Um, and asking myself that question, it's, it was really kind of like, I really want to be able to help others in the beauty industry um, with the education side of things, perfecting their skills. And what would complement that as them becoming a returning customer would be then my products. And so that's mm. why at the same time, I actually started to grow both at the same time yeah. um, and then launched kind of both similar times. Um, and then, yeah, obviously then from there, now I've evolved into the mentoring and it just kind of was like a natural progression because it was always ends up being like um, questions that were asked, like, how did you do this in business? How did you do that? And so I just thought, you know what? I need to actually put like a whole blueprint together of yeah, how like yeah. you can kind of 
on your current business and really be able to scale and grow what it is that you want to do. So Jade, yeah. I have a question for you and it is kind of like a mentoring question. How did you get started? Like you got the, the I guess, the, the retail space. How did you make that mm-hmm. jump? Yeah, so I had the two salons. And once I made this decision that I'm going to be like an online business now, um, I started looking at the steps that I needed to take and to alleviate a bit of the like, first things first is I need more time to work on that, right? I'm already working full time every God given hour to, you know, work on my salon. So I need more time. And how can I do that? I need to reduce the workload. And so I decided to sell one of my salons. And at the time, I'd also trained up my sister in one of the salons. And I was flying in and out of Cairns and Sunshine Coast. And, um, and so I just said to her, you know what, this is yours, like, the clients love you, you know, you're looking after everyone. Um, She's been a mom for so many years, that it was kind of like time for her to take her independence back. And so she did. She decided to go for it and do it. And she's doing amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And so then that was kind of like one big workload taken away because then I didn't have to manage that and keep flying up and down. Then the next um, beast to kind of tackle was then my bigger store, which was in Sunshine Coast. And then my business coach at the time recommended and said, why don't you just switch up the concept and instead of having staff, have rentees? And so then you don't have to manage mm. this staff then. They can also look after your current clientele and you can just rent out the spots. And so I was like, you know what? This is actually a great idea. It'll give me even more time back then. Um, and that's the process that I went through. And, um, and then COVID hit. And so at the time COVID hit, I was actually very grateful for this time because like I said, I needed more time, right? Mm. And so when we were closed in Queensland with the salons, oh, yes. the salons six weeks not like obviously melbourne and what everyone else so um we were closed for six weeks so that was literally the most amazing i could not have timed it better myself like the six weeks that i needed to just pour into um brow bible and lift it off the ground it happened and because i'd already had like just launched my online education and everyone was home they wanted something to do it just like took off so yeah that's where it kind of started from there and i said to myself as soon as i can stabilize this financially that I can then um, give up my salon completely and move the shift over to just brow rival, um, then I can move forwards with that. So yeah. I started to look for a buyer because I knew it was going to be a long process to try yeah. and find that right person. And um, so that took about a year. Um, okay. And then, yeah, I ended up actually finding the fact that she was a rentee that I ended up getting into the business and she could see how great the business was. And she was like, I want it. Yeah. <laughs> and so she Unreal. moved forward that's awesome like that doesn't happen that's awesome like the fact that you were able to make that shift I can imagine it would have been a hard thing for you to do to find that right buyer and you know it's it's tough it's your baby that you're giving up yeah it's your you know and you don't want to give it to anybody so it's awesome that's right and so many people said take your emotion out of it like and I'm like but I built this from the ground up yeah like you know that was (laughs) take the emotion out but um I really still wanted to make sure it was going into someone with the right hands that I knew that would really be able to come in and just make it flourish and grow and pick it back up to where it kind of like was or like even more so. And, um, and yeah, it definitely went to the right person. She's absolutely killing it. She's doing absolutely amazing. I'm so proud of her. And it gives me goosebumps just seeing how successful she's like been able to kind of like grow it and and where she's took it. So you've done that as well. Like the it's, and I'm sure this kind of plays into your new role now in in the mentoring space, but your ability to build something from ground up and give somebody a livelihood that they're happy about and a purpose is unreal. Like that's second to none. That feeling must feel incredible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That is so fulfilling. And I think that 
through this journey, this business journey that I've had, a big realization is that if you're living with purpose, that's, that's it, you know, that's your happiness, that's your, that's you complete then, like you're living with purpose. And I think that that's something that we all are struggling to find what it might be. And it doesn't have to be straight away. But I think that I like, I'm very grateful that I feel like I found that now. And I know that I can see myself doing this for a very long time. And it's kind of like my lifestyle business and not just something that I'm kind of doing for a short term. Um, it's yeah, super fulfilling to be able to have discovered it. So would you say now, what would you say your biggest purpose is? Um, definitely my mentorship um, yeah. program that I'm like currently working on for sure. And being able to yeah help, help others in the industry and just, just knowing the pain that I've been through with certain situations and now to be able to kind of give that to other businesses and be able to prevent them from going through the same and mm, um, like, you know, wasting time and money. It's like, yeah, it is so fulfilling to see. And yeah, of, of course it's fulfilling to be able to know that you've gave them these strategies and then they're going off and, and succeeding with them. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's awesome. And you can tell how excited you are when you talk about it. like you, you're, you're completely right and spot on when you say, um, I think a lot of people, you know, searching for something and they don't know what it is. And when they're looking at a job, we've spoken about it before, but they almost go into the money side of it. And and money is so important. I'm not going to be, you know, say for a second, you know, you know, for lo- the love of it, because money plays a yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, if you don't, if you're not getting paid, you're not getting paid. But I yeah. do think that yeah, you're completely right in saying you've, you've, if you can absolutely nail the purpose and your purpose, then everything else comes because it's passionate. It's that passion that's what gets you up. It's what. It's what separates, I believe, successful people to, from the, the rest because yeah. they've got that passion and that drive that helps everything else come because of that purpose. So it's really, really, it's, yeah, it's really. It all just flows and kind of comes yeah. and like all like sits together, definitely. Yeah. yeah, when you find that. Absolutely. Jay, did you feel like there was that point though? Because I feel like you've got this passion that is, a, I guess, a link throughout all of your businesses that you've had. When do you think was the time that you're like, it's going to be that pivot between, I guess, what you're doing for courses and training to that mentorship? Like, when did you really go and take that leap? Yeah, Um, the leap really started was actually the beginning of this year when I really was like, I launched something and was like, this is what it is that you can come in and I can start educating you on the business side of things. I've always naturally kind of done it with like just advice here and there with different businesses that have come and I've trained them and you know I just naturally I find myself like I'll be out in like having conversations or have met someone new and then I just kind of like I am so passionate about business and how you can go about things and strategies and everything and so I find myself talking about that just naturally anyway and so it was kind of just a natural pull it was just like it wasn't even something that I think that I really put a lot of thought into it was kind of like I just looking back now I've just seen I naturally kind of fell into it anyway um and I'm so glad that I have because obviously yeah just is so fulfilling yeah Yeah. and one thing I want to touch on is because um we mentioned it in the story with us and obviously only if you want to share but you also not only have you grown these incredible businesses businesses not just business like you (laughs) it was multiple in all different areas um product service just all of it you also went through your own challenges um health wise and I just think it's absolutely and so inspiring because you know everyone deals with different a lot of the times you see someone's like oh yeah but you know but they've got this and they've got this or they've got the money or they've got this and there's always excuses as to you know why someone's achieved such great success but you had one of the worst obstacles 
is based, you yeah. know, faced right face to face with you and you were able to go through that and still be so hugely successful. Did you want to talk us through that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it all kind of um, started when I just finished my contract um, on the cruise ship and I was deciding I, I want to move to Australia, I want to make this work and figure it all out. And so um, I headed off to Australia and um, while it was coming to the end of my contract on the cruise ships, um, I found like a lump in the top of my thigh. And I was like, um, okay, nothing to really worry about. It was like pea size something. This was maybe like the October. Um, then as I was coming off the cruise ships, I was flying back to England first before I was flying to Australia. So I thought, well, while I'm in England, I'll get it all checked out. Um, the doctors there were like, it's a cyst. Don't worry about it. Nothing to worry about. Okay, cool. Flew to Australia. And it started to grow and get bigger. And it started to kind of have this throbbing pain. And so just my instinct was like, something's not right. I really need to check on this. So I had it checked a couple of times in Australia and same thing again. It just seems like it's a cyst. Don't worry about it. Like it's all good. Now between October and February, this like cyst had turned into like a small golf ball from a pea oh size. So it was growing quite rapidly. Um, and so and so kind of like really throbbing pain. And so I went to another doctor and she said, look, if it's really bothering you, we can lance it out and I'll send it off to get it tested. It's just like normal procedure. And then we can go from there. Firstly, she should never have lanced it out. And then secondly, she should have just done a, oh, like someone should have just done a biopsy on me. Yeah. But obviously hindsight is great, but this is obviously the, my journey, what I went through. And so, yeah, cut it open, sent it off. And then um, a couple of weeks later, she goes, oh, I really need you to come in. And so they came in and then they broke the news to me. Oh my God. And said, you know, this is actually a cancer tumor oh. and, um, and it's not benign. So it won't just stay localized either. Like we need to operate fast and get you into starting having maybe chemotherapy or, um, or radiation and, um, and yeah, and looking into all of that stuff. And so obviously, I don't know, I just kind of heard the tumor part and then I just blanked yeah. and I don't think I heard anything. Thankfully my friend ended up coming into the appointment with me and, um, and she was just like, oh, I just broke up because into tears crying. I was just like, oh my God, what is happening? Like Absolutely. I was 21. Yeah. What a shock. And then so young 21, like with all due respect, 21, like that's your silly, like you're silly. Like yeah. you've, you've finished yeah. uni, you're going out, you've just done the great, like, you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's when you go out and party. Yeah. Like you're in Australia, in the UK. Oh my goodness. Yeah, exactly. I was in Cairns and Cairns is a great place to party. So yeah. I'm like, I was there. I know, I know party's not the most serious thing, <laughs> yeah. but I'm just saying it's quite yeah, a light right, age. Yeah. It's quite a light age it's in the in most cases. Yeah. Um. So to have yeah. to deal with something, experience something so heavy at such a light age, would have been yeah. hugely confronting. Absolutely. And also, I just moved to Australia too, so I didn't really know too many people. My family weren't out there, and so everyone kept saying to me, "Go back to the UK. You know, get yourself sorted and come back." And you know, I don't come from money, so. The fact, the idea of that was like, if I go back to the UK, I get stuck because I don't have the money to come back out here. And so I was really like, I don't want to leave. Like, I'm going to make this work. I'm, just, I'm, I'm very much like, if I set a goal on something, I'm determined, I'll make it happen. I'll figure it out and get over those speed bumps and I'll make it happen. And so, yeah, I think like looking back and looking over it, the only thing that like I had control over is my mindset. And so I just try to keep a positive mindset to just keep looking forward to, okay, I'm going to work towards this. I want to do that. I didn't look at it as like, oh my God, I may die through this. Like I just was like, I don't want to even think about that part and just get through it. Um, and so, yeah, I then ended up getting um, surgery done. I had to wait six months before I got the appointment through. And so that six months was like, it's still growing. It's still That's spreading. So it's like, but 
yeah and obviously I was I was in Australia but I'm actually from the UK so the whole like thankfully reciprocal rights allowed me to be able to get the surgery done there that's how I was able to not go home and just have it done in Australia so I was very very blessed and very lucky for that and um and so then yeah I went and had the surgery done after waiting for six months um they've now like my leg looks like all this funny like squiggle mm. like, scar but at this point I was like I don't care you can draw yeah. all over my leg yeah yeah <laughs> I take, get it yeah. out of me I don't care yeah. what it looks like yeah um and so then yeah after that I had to wait for that to heal before I started and thankfully I was able to not have the chemo and just have the radiation okay so then I did six weeks straight of radiation. And at first it's kind of like when you have it, you don't feel anything at all. But then after you go back over multiple times, it's consecutive from like Monday to Friday, every single day, it starts to end up feeling like sunburn. And then it starts to feel like really bad sunburn. And then it literally gets to the point when like your skin and your flesh starts turning black because it's just fried that much. Yeah. So like at that, when I was getting back like the last two weeks, was so painful I couldn't walk on my leg I wasn't sleeping properly like you couldn't put any bandages or anything over it so then it was just a, that was a really, really difficult yeah. period yeah yeah absolutely so um again I think like when you go through something like that you put life in perspective in so many different ways where you don't kind of sweat the small stuff and so you're able to kind of look at it to be like, you know what, is this really worth like worrying or stressing over? Obviously, I'm still human. We still worry, we still stress, but it's more about there's so many things now that I just am so much more grateful for um, once you've been through that and recovered as well. So yeah, I think for people asking me like, oh, how have you been able to achieve so much? It's like, I was able, I like experienced something like that at such an early age that it's kind of like, I was able to get through it, push past it. And, um, and yeah, it's kind of like, all right, throw whatever you want at me and I'll like I'll get over it I'll do it (laughs) it's incredibly inspiring it really is I feel like I mean I it's not necessarily a question but I just want to say the way you articulate all of your experiences obviously this journey and going through the the treatment and and the cancer and everything you had to go through even all the way through to how you talk about your business and then your mentoring side of things it's really incredible Mm -hmm. because you have such a natural way of being able to kind of pull it together and tell a story and weave that through but then have a message at the end of it and I think that that must be something that your clients really resonate with I think it's fantastic yeah yeah and the the thing I took the most out of everything that you said then was that mindset shift and I I think it's so important how you were able to kind of use that mindset shift when you know you're just you're you're confronted with worst case scenario let's let's face it you know it was at that point in in life like that was there's there's worst case scenario but you were able to look at it and go all right let's go like and that's unreal like for you to be able to look at that situation like all right it's here let's go yeah. I'm, I'm gonna yeah, yeah. we're just gonna have a really good crack at this and just do our very yeah, best yeah. and you know because that's what all you can yeah. do but I just love that's that mindset yeah, absolutely. Yeah. and I think like I obviously through that journey um I was able to get to know a lot of people in the hospital when I had my hospital appointments yeah. and I think that's literally something we all had in common it's like that's a big thing that you can just kind of take away it's just like our mindset like we're gonna get through this like everything's Aww. gonna be fine like let's just push through and um yeah, so I think like, don't get me wrong, there's days when I cried and there's days when I was, you know, devastated and there's ups and downs, it's like your emotions are all over. But the big thing that I just stay focused, like tunnel vision on, is like, it's going to be okay. I just have to get through this next step. I just have to get through this part. Um, and then I was in remission for four years and um, and then I was cleared and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like everything's all great. And then literally a month later, I found another lump right next to that. And I was like, oh my God, 
thankfully I went and got it checked with my um, oncologist and he was like, look, don't worry. It's actually just um, because that area now, I can't actually feel that part of my leg because of the nerve damage with the surgery. Um, because you've maybe knocked it so many times, it's actually created um, like a scar tissue that's built um, up in a ball. Yeah. It seems like it's like similar to what it was, but it's not. So I'm like, okay, it's all good then. I can how, live with that. How <laughs> confronting okay. for you, Paul, like that just <laughs> – after just going through one of the hardest times of your whole entire life to then be kind of confronted with it again, that that would have yeah. been, yeah. yeah. It, and like what Ben said before, your, your ability to tell the story from a positive angle is incredible. It is really something to look up to because I think a lot of people, you know, can can regardless of where you're listening from, what part of life you're listening from, whether you're experiencing challenges, whatever challenges you are, there's no, you know, what do they call it? You know, who's going through what? It's none of that. Yeah. It's just, you've got, you went through a huge challenge awesome. and you, the mindset that you took on is something that, you know, I think everyone should really take a piece from because it's, 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 it's honestly is inspiring. As a, and it's a story that's like, it's not an easy story to share and tell and like be vulnerable about. But what I've found is like the more I've shared it, the more people have actually been able to help through it. And so if I can do that and just be vulnerable and, and, you know, share, you know, those uncomfortable stories, it's like, if I can do that and help someone else. And I will never forget, there was just this one girl that's in the brow industry. She reached out to me and she was like, oh my God, I've just listened to one of your podcasts that like you spoke about that. And you've seriously just changed my mindset on how, what I'm going through right now. And I'm going through a very similar thing. And I have like, I, I have a business and I'm like, am I going to get through it? Am I going to see my business on the other side? And so, yeah, I just, I converted conversations with her and just, yeah, we were there kind of for each other then. And even if it's just one out of the whole world, yeah. it's like that means so much. Yeah. It makes all the vulnerability as difficult. It is difficult. Like it it's is difficult. Yeah, it's yeah. not, a, it's not an easy thing to keep reliving and reliving and reliving every yeah. single time you have to speak about it. But you're right. If you're able to change even just one person listening to it, it's all worthwhile. So we have one last question for you. What would you say that your biggest piece of advice would be for your fresh out of school self? Ooh. So if someone was like just going straight into business, like what would be? Yeah, you yeah. Just, yeah. If you could speak to, you know, 18 year old Jade, who's just fresh out of, out of school and probably stressed about what life's going to look like. <laughs> um, what would you, what would you tell her? Um, I feel like it would be just, you know, believe in yourself and listen to your gut instinct. I think when you're younger, you like, I think we could all agree to this when we're like, maybe at this age, maybe even a little bit younger, like you have that gut instinct, we all have it. But I think a, a big thing was like, listen to it and like, trust it. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the time when I've had that gut instinct about whatever situation, it's always end up being the right thing. So your gut really speaks to you. And you know, you should follow it and definitely trust it your intuition for sure. Absolutely. Oh, I think you're, you're completely right. I think as soon as you get out of school, you've got so many people telling you what to do, whether it's career counsellors or, or all these different pieces of information. You're so stressed and you're just listening to everyone else but yourself. That's that's yeah, perfect advice. That's right. Couldn't agree Absolutely, more. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much, Jade. Thank you for your time. We're going to put all of Jade's details in the show notes. Yep. Um, if you want to look, check out any of her mentorship as well, absolutely. We'll put in all the all the links, everything um, that you need to know to get in touch with Jade. As you know, especially if you're in the beauty industry. Oh yes, my goodness, she. Yeah, I, I I can tell you right now. Well, if you've heard this, you'll you'll understand. So, um, if you want to get in touch, we'll pop them all in the show notes and be sharing everything on Instagram. But thank you, Jade, so much for your time. Thank you, Jade. Thank you, thank you.
so much. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and subscribe and we shall see you next week. Bye. Bye.